Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. I am your hostess, Nicole DeVincentis, a.k.a. Figachick911. It's great to have you with us. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to everybody who's been following all along. I appreciate you, and welcome to everybody who's new. It's good to have you here. So these podcasts that we're doing, if you're new in this space, our goal here is not exactly to motivate you. It's actually to inspire you and to ultimately decrease the time in between what we call idea inception and execution. That means we're narrowing the time in between when you get an idea, I think I kind of want to sort of do something and boom, I'm taking action on it. Okay. How many times have you ever said, this is what I want to do. And then you start talking to people about it. And then you start thinking about what it would take to actually get that done. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, it's six months, 12 months, 18 months, you know, five years, and you've never taken any action on it at all. Right. That can happen. All right. And especially if it's a long term goal, especially if it's like a, a pain point, something that you really don't want to do, but you know that you got to tackle this beast. And when you do, your life is going to have like exponential reward in it. So this could be your fitness. This could be your finance. You know, this can be your relationships. This can be you know, on the business end. If you are the leader of an organization, you know, some of the things that are that are happening inside of, of your your organization that will ultimately, if left untended to, will cause destruction of the blood, sweat, and tears that you've invested into that place. So this, you know, this podcast here, we talk about a lot of different topics. You know, ultimately, what is it? It's really about leadership. It's about transformational leadership. And then you can break that down into organizational leadership. You know, there's a little, you know, aspect of, you know, how does your health and fitness fit into that? You know, how, you know, what's this time management thing? Is it really time management or is it taking command of your schedule and learning how to run your 24? So there's all different dimensions of this, but ultimately it's leading you towards whatever you deem to be success within your own goal. Does that make sense? And so today we're talking about that very thing, like the path of success and the fact that success is actually rarely a linear path. There's usually when you get up close and personal with it, there's usually a lot more twists and dips and turns than what you would actually think. It's kind of like if you were to look on something like Google Maps or any of those, you know, navigation tools where you're looking at some sort of, you know, electronic device and you're looking from a far distance, how do I get from point A to point B? And it looks more linear than not, like maybe a little bit of a turn but it's mostly like a straight pathway. And then when you zoom up, all of a sudden you're like, okay, so I'm starting out northbound and then I'm taking this turn and this right-handed turn, when you look at it, it's actually turning me like 180 degrees. And for a while, like I'm going southbound before then the road curves back around and I end up moving, you know, in the other direction again. Did I say those directions right? I don't know. Sometimes I get caught up in my in my idea of where I'm taking us and I forget like did I just say north or did I just say south? Okay? Yes, my mind is moving like mad this morning. This is so exciting. Massive gains. Massive gains and this is this is what spawned this idea. All right? On the personal front. Um let's start out by saying this. 
do not confuse a sidestep with a backstep in pursuit of your goal. Okay, the first step of goal attainment, you have to know what it is that you want. So the first step is the dream. The first step is having that vision. Okay, there's two things which are going to cause human behavior. One is the avoidance of pain and two is the pursuit of pleasure. When you know what it is that you want, it's super easy to march your path out because you can see it and the steps that you have to take become very, very clear. When you're trying to avoid something, it's kind of like putting your blinders on, putting your head in the sand. You know, if you (laughs) think about like if you were to ever see somebody who had a crush on you and you really didn't like them and you're like, oh, trying not to make eye contact with them. <laughs> or if you know your mom had asked you to do something or your boss had asked you to do something and you forgot or you didn't or you've been procrastinating you're like oh I hope that they don't see me oh I'm turning the other way right and it becomes kind of like a game of hot lava when you operate in that space of trying to avoid something which you perceive as painful it will cause change but when you're looking to have that long-term capture and have permanent lifestyle change and have the attainment of the long-term goal that you got to know what that what the long-term goal is and oftentimes what I see when I am coaching an individual or I'm sitting down in a consultative form or even when I'm speaking to groups and there's a question and answer a Q&A that happens at the end you know how you know what's how do I navigate through this my recommendation is always this you cannot continue to what happens is that they usually try to make changes from what I call inside the forest. I should lead up to that. Like meaning like they're in the thick of this problem and they're trying to make changes or or try to like smooth out their calendar when they're inside, but they, they don't have full landscape or panoramic view on everything that's involved. My methodology, my recommendation is always come outside of the forest so that you have panoramic view because you've got to see that end destination. There's going to be things that you have to deal with, you know, the day-to-day little fires that you have to put out. But after a while, when you're trying to make massive moves and get closer to the goal, you've got to be sure that you're actually steering your ship in the direction and you're not putting band-aid cures in place just to avoid what you perceive to be painful or just to, you know, sustain, you know, operations or whatever for the short term. Band-aids are fine, but on that analogy, like if you have something that needs a stitch, you know, like actual stitches, like something is bleeding. I mean, we can put band-aids in there all day long, but the band-aid is not going to control the hemorrhage. Before you can put a band-aid on, you have to stop the bleeding first. Band-aids don't stop bleeding. Band-aids just cover up the wound so it doesn't get infected. (laughs) (laughs) big difference you know what I'm saying and so when you're navigating and this applies to both your personal household operations you know your health and fitness as well as business operations you know it speak to, to all dimensions there is that's the importance of you taking a step back and making that analysis here and it doesn't have to take forever like what is actually happening here and when you're moving to you know untangle or organize 
the the mess that you have or if you've gotten I mean on the positive side like you've gotten yourself to this point you've gotten your household to this point you've got your organization to this point this is an awesome thing and now you're looking to expand you're looking to add more products and services you're looking to allow your family to do more things or move to a higher financial situation you've got to be sure of two things number 1 if i if i take on more stuff do i have a team in place because ultimately you as the leader like you cannot be in all places all the time so do i have a team in place to actually hold things down as tight as I've managed them? Or do we actually need some detail work to organize some of this stuff out so that we can have team operations and I can continue to grow the business or continue to have, you know, our family has a bigger impact, you know, whatever this plays out for you. Does that make sense? And that's the job of the leader is stepping back often. It's almost like it's almost like having what I call telescopic view. So you know if you have a telescope and it's the it's the type like it's got the concentric uh, circular pieces that fit inside of one another. And when you when you pull a thing out, you're able to see far. When you pull it in, you're able to see close or however that works. Like your your vision goes landscape to micro, landscape to micro, and it's in and out and in and out and in and out. Because you as the leader, sometimes you're working in that project and other times you're working on the project. Sometimes you're working in your business, other times you're working on the business. Sometimes you're working in your family household operations, sometimes you're working on them in terms of, of setting the future and strategic planning for what the next week, the next quarter, the next year, the next five years is going to be. But it starts with you having clear understanding and clear vision of what the end goal is. When I speak of vision, I do encourage people to envision what it is, but only for one reason. That's to help you get clarity of what the thing is, what the end destination is, but also to allow you to stir up emotion. Because when you truly take time to envision the end goal, I encourage you to have all of your senses on board and see the people who are there, see all the colors, smell the smells, hear the sounds, taste the taste, feel the feels, and experience the feelings that are involved in there. Because that sharpens the picture for you and it stirs up your emotion and increases your sense of desire and urgency. And then you automatically take steps moving towards it. But I don't, you know, oh, the vision and I don't allow people to walk around with their head in the, in the clouds like, oh, I'm operating with a vision. No, you got you to gotta step yourself out and get into action then. Okay, so notice the difference, you know, clarity of what the vision is, and then you're stepping out and you're working it backwards based on where you are right now. What are my steps? I got to, you know, start with that impossible and work back to the ridiculous. And that's where some of the details of finer time management and organization come in that a lot of people don't even really like to do. But conversely, some people are really great at some of the short-term to-do things. It's that they don't have either the, the, the permission in their head to go forward and dream 
or you're stuck in survival mode where you are literally just keeping yourself afloat for the the 24 hours in front of you and what's happening essentially is you're caught up in your nervous system when you're in survival mode and you have all that adrenaline going and you're busy and you're running and you're back and you're forth it actually inhibits creative thought and it allows you only or it actually only allows you to see what's right in front of you it does not it being in that fight or flight in that adrenaline phase it cuts off your peripheral vision so when you're in that it it actually precludes you from having you know your visionary cap on your strategic thought cap on until you train yourself on how to be able to have that control and that command of your mind to come up close and see the thing and then take a step back and and do a quick evaluation where are we at does that make sense and so the same thing is when you are then on track with your goal whatever it is that when you're in it you're going to find times where all of a sudden like you had this nice well thought out plan and i'm going to do this 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 and this and all of a sudden like something comes up Maybe you have an athletic goal and you injure yourself or you had this thing go on and then, you know, something, you know, catastrophic happens at work or within your family. There's always going to be things that pop up or you're going to get to a point and you're going to realize, holy shit, like I, I didn't even think about this, this and this. I, I got to learn all this other stuff or find somebody who knows how to do this other stuff so that I can actually execute on this plan. And I call those sidesteps. Okay, because the goal doesn't change. Sometimes how you get there changes. You know, oftentimes you've got to be very fluid and adaptable with your plan. And hear me out. That doesn't mean you take away your commitment. That means like I'm doing this, but I, I, you know, I am not strong enough to lift this or do a push up or do a squat. Okay, well, what's the problem? Holy crap, I have no core strength. Oh my gosh, I have no core strength. Okay, oh, wow, look at this. My glutes don't even fire because I spend all day on my butt. <laughs> or I'm a cyclist, like I, I'm, I ride bicycles for long periods of time, like I'm a, I guess as a cycler, for hours and hours and hours, and I don't do anything to increase blood flow and get my glutes to actually contract, and that causes like a spin-off effect. It doesn't allow me to have total core engagement, or when I squat, I use a lot of my quads, I'm quad dominant. Why? Because maybe I don't have ankle mobility. And now I can't even get down because my ankles are not mobile. And what I'm doing is actually front loading my quads. And all of a sudden, bam, now I have knee pain. You see what I'm saying? Like I use an exercise example because that that's just one of them. And this is actually what spawned this whole entire thing was for me, my goal was to become a figure pro. And as I was getting ready, like I tell you, like there was so much stuff that happened in such a short period of time, but this is like major. This is, this is, you know, perseverance. This is clarity of your goal. I'm just going to give you a little example here that my goal was to be a figure pro. And as I was moving close towards that, the last time I was on stage was 2011 and I had done a national show. I placed ninth and was happy with that being that the previous national show that I did I was last so that was so it was wonderful um but what happened you know I gosh it was everything like I wanted to 
have a family and I, I hooked up with an adoption agency and it, it seemed like the play, the direction that I was going, it, I was so far away from my goals and I was having a lot of problems within my family and like I did a whole life reset but that goal actually never changed. And before I left my last job in 2014, I went on vacation and the primary goal of this vacation was to take that time to figure out my next steps. Because remember, if you had been listening to the story all along, is that I had actually set a goal to leave this particular job. It was on June 15th. Okay, and I was gonna you know, I have enough money in the bank to, to let me, you know, be in the transition period for a period of time. So I was getting myself ready, but wasn't wholeheartedly committed because I didn't know what the what the next thing was, but I knew that I wanted to compete. And I know that I always function at my best when I train like a freaking animal in contest prep. I don't know what it like I just can't help myself. Like that's <laughs> That's how I roll. So I thought this, you know what? My body is deconditioned. And this is when I thought like I had fibromyalgia, like everything in my body hurt. I had headaches all the time. My jaws hurt, like everything. This was a miserable time in my life. So I go on this vacation, this beach vacation, and I bring all kinds of stuff with me. I went by myself. I was in Riviera Maya, this beautiful, gorgeous place. I mean, perfect weather, the whole nine. And the goal, the training goal down there was to actually start training my glutes and I knew in order the only thing that was keeping me from turning pro was that my glutes did not have any shape to them they were lean they didn't have fat on them but they didn't have shape all right and shows are one from the back that's what you should know everybody thinks like when you have a show it's what you look like from the front but it's not it's from the back especially when you're a figure chick so I knew this was going to be a project so I go down there to run sprints on the beach because I knew that I had to start sprinting and be in better condition before I started what would ultimately be contest prep now it had been a while since I had done this so I was you know I had like a plan in place like I was going to warm up my hip flexors I was going to be doing a lot of yoga this was actually going to be when I started filming yoga videos and I was you know I had it planned like at this particular resort that I was at there was all these different places and like I I had this whole entire like this was going to be a working a working vacation for me and what happened was I get there and it's beautiful and I start running and I actually feel really good and it's hot and I feel awesome when I run in the hot and there was I knew that I wanted to do like hill sprints but this is Mexico and like there's no hills unless you're in the mountains which we are not and there was (laughs) oh my god I'm talking one patch of grass and by one patch I mean an area which is like three by three And in the middle of this patch of grass, there was a mound, a mound of dirt that could not have been taller than probably three feet. It probably wasn't even that high. And on top of it was this giant, I didn't know what kind of, it kind of looked like aloe vera, but it probably was like an agave plant or something like that. And I thought, okay, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to practice high knees up on the side of this thing. I'm not going to be able to sprint up it for very far, but I'll practice high knees. I'm going to get my hip flexors going. I'm going to recruit my core and it's going to allow me to train my glutes at a higher level. So I shit you not. Now this is, I think this is day two of 
was I there a week? I, I was there at least seven days. It may have been 10, I forget. So whatever. Second day of the vacation, I'm there. I step in this patch of grass and I end up in a hole. Like, what are the chances of this? Like, a hole in the grass. But the grass was longer and it covered up this hole. My hole, like, the, the outside of my ankle actually touched the bottom of the hole. And this happened probably really fast, but I'm, like, my mind moves fast, too. And that's what I felt. And I was stuck in this hole with the bottom, the outside of my ankle is touching the bottom of the hole. And the ideas that were flying through my head were insane. But I'm telling you, it was like this. I think I have an open fracture, meaning I think I broke my foot, my ankle, and the bone is sticking out. And then my mind goes to the worst possible place, which is, oh my God, I have a gigantic open wound and it's touching Mexican agricultural soil. Do you know the germs that are in here? Holy shit, I only have hours until I'm going to die of sepsis. How am I gonna get the fuck out of here? Okay, what do I gotta do? I gotta get back to my hotel room. I gotta freaking book a plane. But how am I gonna do this? Okay, wait, there's a company which is based out of the airport, which is right behind my house in Chicago. They actually do international flight. Okay, I gotta be able to do this. And then I've gotta call the helicopter service that I used to fly for to come meet us at the airport because I'm going to have to get myself to a very high level university center because if I don't, I'm going to die of infection, like massive body sepsis. That's where I was at in like a blink of a second. And well, I've seen this happen before. I used to take care of people who had agricultural injury and it wasn't just the orthopedic injury. It was the stuff that their, their body was, their body was exposed to in the soil. So this is like a reality, <laughs> only I'm just out of the country. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, do I feel blood running down? And I didn't. So I pull myself out and I was so afraid to look down that I was like, all right, you know what? Let's just, <laughs> let's just do a neuro check here. Can you wiggle your toes? And I could, and I could feel them. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm a, a super resilient athlete. Okay, take a look down. And it actually looked normal. Like the foot was still intact. The foot was still facing forward. There was not any obvious deformity to the ankle. And I thought, huh, maybe I just stunned the axons. Like maybe I just have a, what's called a diffuse axonal injury. <laughs> like I, I'm such a medical geek sometimes. I just can't help it. And I'm going through all these things and I thought, okay, let's do the test here let's walk and I could actually bear weight on it and now I'm pretty excited about this but in the back of my head I'm like girl you're full you're kidding yourself this is no this isn't gonna work and so I was like okay let's push the envelope a little bit let's walk a little bit and I was able to bear weight still and I thought okay you know what tomorrow this is gonna hurt so if you can walk on it, you might as well finish your workout. So I did. So I think that I ran. It was like close to another uh, half of a mile. It was more than a quarter. They had like little mile markers. I picked a place that was like an outside like active resort. So it had mile markers along this uh, pathway that they had for running. And I was pretty like excited about this. Like I can still do this. So then I thought, you know what? I'm really gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna really test this. I'm gonna do walking lunges. Like maybe I'm really okay. That first lunge, I wiped out. Like the ankle gave out, and that was that was the end of it. 
so what happened after that was that mother I mean it swelled up almost instantly I mean it was like freaking huge and the problem was that the way this place was set up was that we it was like little villas instead of one giant hotel it was like villas and maybe there was like six or nine hotel rooms in these villas and it was spread out amongst this whole entire resort well the place where they had ice because for some reason we didn't have an ice machine in our little villa there the place where they had ice was at the main hotel so I walked on that ankle and it was all messed up like I, I could only walk on the toe and then had to bear weight on mostly on the right leg it was so messed up and I went and got this ice and I remember the bartender I asked for a bag of ice and he was looking at me and I pointed to my ankle and he was like oh my god so he gives me this big thing then I walk back and I, I think it was a quarter mile each way so then I walk this quarter mile a good thing I have some muscle to me you know and get back to my hotel room and I'm like shit I need to elevate this so I, I get all the pillows out you know I'm I'm laying down on this bed and I have I'm like I need an ace wrap you know with this thing so I'm looking around obviously I don't have an ice wrap or uh, ace wrap so I take the the belt from the towels that they give you like those comfy terry um no bathrobes rather and that's what I had around my ankle <laughs> ridiculous well guess what I brought some food with me but eventually you have to go eat so I'm like how am I gonna get back there so I call the front desk of the hotel and they're like oh yeah we have golf carts we'll come and get you <clears throat> excuse me so 40 minutes later <laughs> this golf cart shows up and I'm thinking to myself this is not gonna work like when I'm hungry I'm hungry now I'm not one of those people who kind of sort of thinks about if I want to kind of sort of eat something and then takes three hours to decide like I'm hungry now like I need to be eating yesterday this is not gonna work so I'm here to tell you like the whole entire vacation was totally askew at that point because obviously I did not continue my training I didn't film any of the yoga videos and it knocked me flat on my ass and forced me to actually face the beast and handle some of the internal details to prepare me to move from my job and it put the training aspect on the side all of a sudden what became the priority like this is ridiculous so I actually sat down this is the first time that I had done this and I put together a very structured budget quarterly for my household that's what I did line items of everything and then the cool thing was because I know how I eat and I eat pretty much the same stuff every day it's easier I just you know I eat you know to fuel my workouts and then have fun meals on the side there food becomes a line item for me so I don't have that variability like a lot of people do this is why I love coaching people in this dimension because once you learn how to eat for energy which is a part of my program then all of a sudden those variances in your food now you can actually use that and you can put it right into your financial plan and you know exactly what you're spending on food rather than you trying to cut back on your food and now you don't have enough energy to support your workouts and now you're blunted on both ends so it's 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 changing like how you're doing things <clears throat> does that make sense like a lot of people talk about you have to just eat shit for a period of time 
But for me as a high level athlete, that's not going to work because if I can't eat well, I can't work out well. And that, that screws up everything. It screws up every single thing in my life. That's just me. And when I work with health and fitness professionals, especially like we're maybe not the health professionals, but more the fitness professionals, <laughs> I'm coming for you, my health professionals, I am. But that's the point here is you've got to be leading with your healthy lifestyle and you can do that and then build your finances into supporting that. You see what I'm saying? And so the perspective is different. So I set up this quarterly budget and figured out, you know, where am I at? Honestly, what are my expenses? And I held myself to that rock solid plan. Now, when I did this, I also cut every single luxury, every single thing. All right. What I did was before I went on this vacation, this was not going to be a fancy vacation. This is a working vacation. I went and I bought all black workout clothes. It's just like, I don't want to waste any energy on spending time trying to figure out what I'm going to wear. I mean, I like wearing black. It's very slimming, <laughs> but also my physique changes pretty much on a daily, if not daily, it's weekly basis, but more so often daily. And I don't, I, I, to, to try to fit my body into standard clothing just doesn't work anyway, but then to try to get it so that it looks okay amidst this constant change, it, it doesn't make sense financially. So I went out, I bought all black uh, workout clothes and just left it at that. <clears throat> I stopped getting my hair done by a professional. I started cutting my own hair. Any and every luxury was out. And at this time, I didn't have cable or any satellite TV at home, nothing on demand. I had stopped watching TV a long time ago. Um, there was no luxuries. There was no restaurants. There, I mean, this was like, this is what you have to do in order to move your path forward. Like, legit. There's nothing. There's no, there's no cush factor here. And so that was the budget that I held myself to. And it came like, okay, if I, if I want to cut my water bill... I'm going to, what am I going to do? I'm going to start showering at the gym so that I can get that thing down as low as possible. So you're moving through this thing because what's the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal is I want to be up and running as an independent, self-sufficient business owner. That's the goal. And I still want to achieve my fitness goals, but now I have this injury, right? So the, the long-term goal is still always there, even though you have obstacles or things that come up that are either unexpected or expected. You've got to do everything that you can to control the variables to the best of your ability. But you have to know where it is that you're going. If I tried to fit my nursing lifestyle into business ownership, entrepreneurship, any, you know, anything in free, it wouldn't work. It's completely night and day. You've got to start making decisions. And this is what I talk about as though you're the person who's in possession of that goal of that thing already. Does that make more sense? And because a lot of people will ask the question, well, how do I make decisions like that person? I've not achieved it yet. And that's, that's the difference. It's not the goal. It's who you become along the way. That if I am committed to the long-term goal, I'm focusing on what it is that I want. This is not short-term gratification. This is the long-term. Okay? Now, all of a sudden, my focus and my gaze is what do I have to do to get from here to there? Does that make sense? Now, it becomes 
a much stronger case for me. Like everything becomes a non-negotiable. I'm very clear on how I have to structure my time. I'm very clear on how, where my money is going. I treat my money like my daughter, like my brother taught me this. Like I want to know where she is, when she's leaving, who she's with, and when she's coming back. That's a change in perspective. That's a change in operations. That's a change in identity from how I could be as a nurse with a steady income and multiple income opportunities all over the place because everybody needs nurses. People just keep on getting healthier, unhealthier, and unhealthier, and they keep on doing stupid things. I mean, so ER nurses, like, we got it made. Like, they always need us, right? But that mentality is, is night and day. Now, the thing with the, with the figure aspect of it is that, yeah, I've been working on business, and, uh, man, I made every possible sacrifice. I made a lot of mistakes, too. But I learned a lot along the way. <clears throat> and sometimes when you decide not sometimes, oftentimes when you decide this is the path that I'm taking. And if you want to have a a business or you want to be leading a team, because this applies to your household too, you're the one that has to like put the, put the stake in the ground. Like this is what we're doing. And it can upset a lot of the, the, the day-to-day operations, but you've got to be the one to, to lead the force there and know where it is that you're taking people. And if you have a team already, you're the one that has to constantly be communicating what that end goal and what that vision is so that your people will see that it it can be kind of linear. But you as the leader, like you're taking twists and turns and you're going forwards and you're stepping over here and you're pausing for a little bit and like over here, then I'm over here. Like success is not up close linear from a, you know, a far distance. Yeah, it moves from point A to point B. But it's twisting and turning, and it can be hard to keep track of that when you're in it. That's why I encourage you to take a step back and take that landscape view. Like, really, where am I at here? All this stuff has happened. Am I closer to or farther away from my goal? Does that make sense now? In and out, close and far, telescopic, macro and microscopic. Right? And that's a skill. You will learn how to become very adept at, at doing that with practice. It requires practice, but it requires a different version of you to stand up and actually do that. And you can put this in any you can put this in any any template, whether you work a job, whether this is your family, whether you're a business owner, whether you're a coach or whomever. Oh, so the whole training thing. <laughs> you just got a flag. Well, what about what about your training? My training was that after that injury, I focused on business. And I continued to train. I went to extensive. It wasn't broken. It was just massively, massively sprained. And it took a very, very, very long time. Your body lays down scar tissue like mad after an injury. And I went through extensive physical therapy um, and had like this ultrasound thing done. I had Graston. I had all kinds of things. And I'm telling you, like, it's been a brutal recovery. After you injure yourself, you, um, you know, if, so if this athlete, if you're an athlete listening to this, this will give you some encouragement, but also reinforce why you have to be so aggressive and advocate for yourself through the rehab process 
and make sure that you're working with coaches and trainers and therapists who deal with high-level athletes because really the goal of most therapists and I don't mean this as an insult is they are meeting certain criteria to get you functional so that you can walk up and down stairs and walk through your house but high-level athleticism you need specialists and I'm so glad that the, that the therapist that I was seeing, she operated you know, with the general public, but she understood the mindset of an athlete. And she encouraged me to just go, go freaking you know, balls to the wall. That I wasn't gonna re-hurt myself. That was my biggest fear. But what happens, the way that your body rolls, is that when you injure yourself, or you have surgery, this could be a, you know, some sort of traumatic issue, is that your nerves kind of like shut off leading from like your inner like your core down to as far off as that injury goes so that you don't do what I did which was continue to run on it and then walk on it for the rest of the vacation back and forth and then when you return back home it was like winter in Chiberia and even though I had gotten crutches I, f I felt that it was way riskier for me to try to, I mean, how do you use crutches if there's like five feet of snow outside? You can't. So <laughs> like, <laughs> it, was, it was insane. So, and then, you know, I wanted to train and everybody was like, well, just lift super hot, super heavy upper body. You'll be fine. But your feet are stabilizers that I couldn't even, I couldn't flex my foot and get my heel down on the ground. I had lost so much range of motion. There was so much scar tissue, like it was brutal. And then once that healed and, you know, I was able to be stronger, what I was dealing with was like my whole leg, my whole left leg, my left quad had, sh it, it shrunk. It's what we call atrophy. It was markedly different, like two inches of atrophy with within the time period from when I got injured at, at, on vacation to when I got home a week or two later, it was ridiculous. But I was having a problem, like the nerves in the quad were not as, uh, they weren't working as well as the ones on the other side. Like I could feel my skin, but I didn't have that great amount of recruitment. So then, you know, once I went out into business and I was doing all this, I mean, there was, there was so much that happened. So let's just fast forward the clock. And I was at a point where I was ready to increase my level of training. What I had to do then in order to move forward with the goal of training my glutes, remember that was the goal, I couldn't do much. Like I couldn't squat right because my quads weren't activating. I couldn't lunge or do split squats or anything like that because this leg wasn't working. So then what I had to do was I actually had to spend dedicated training time. Um, and I was training, I think at that point, only three times a week. Um, <clears throat> what I would do is I would spend time on the leg extension and just train one leg at a time in three different positions to get the quad, the nerves, to recruit the, the, recruit the nerves better. So I would do, you know, toes facing up to get the top part of the quad and then what I would do is I would take my fingernails and poke my quad to get that external stimulus so I have some you know nerves firing on the way in and I would twist my body so that when I extended it was like the outside of my quad was facing towards the ceiling because that was where I didn't feel like I had any innervation so I had to turn that shit back on 
And then the third position is I would twist myself on the seat again and go toes pointed outward so I could get the inner aspect. So I was trying to do this. And for the longest time, like there was nothing. And then one day, all of a sudden I was doing this and it was like a freaking hot poker was inside of my leg. I almost jumped off that freaking machine, but I finally turned those nerves back on. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. So then I go to lunge and I figure this is fantastic. The nerves are finally on. Now I can go back to lunging and I wiped out because I didn't have the strength and stability anymore. It was so freaking frustrating. Like I'm telling you, this has been like uh, years of bullshit, just like years of bullshit, like working through it, but you don't take your eyes off the goal. Then once I got the quads on, then it became apparent that I didn't have inner core strength and stability, like the inner muscles, like the psoas was sleeping. So then I was doing two things. Then I was actually working on bringing up my glutes, like actually doing dedicated glute training, which is essential to get all of your muscles around that area working but then I had to find ways to target those deep inner core muscles because they were sleepy and they were unequal so I started having tremendous changes on the right side but the left side was lagging and it was it was this back and forth back and forth back and forth and it was it was if I had stopped to look at how long it was taking I would have been so frustrated but I constantly set new targets ahead, like knowing where it is that I want to go. Like, okay, now this is what I have to do. Oh, great. Now I've got the glute on. Okay, now can we do this? Okay, now I'm doing walking lunges, but I'm still unstable. I've got to increase my stability. That you're never going to be able, this is like a parallel to life. Like you will never be able to make dynamic movement if you are not stable at your core. And that's the same path with success. Like I always recommend like expediency and moving with a state of urgency, you know, but doing things well, that if you're trying to just zip around and you don't have command and control over one aspect, when you add the next, it becomes mayhem in there. It comes to, I mean, as much as I hate to tell you, be the bearer of bad news, you gotta have your shit together. Like you gotta be organized. This applies to cash flow. Like everybody talks like, well, all millionaires have like seven income streams. Well, if you're not used to managing one, how are you going to manage seven? You're not, right? So you got to get the first one under control first, and then you do the next one. Or you have somebody else start this other project. and then. You, but ultimately, you've got to have things freaking organized and systematized. And even if you have it automated or even if you have a team, you still are responsible for checking in to be sure that that thing is still moving in the direction that you want it to go. It always comes back to you. Do you see what I'm saying? So success is rarely just like I'm moving from this point to that point. Ultimately, if you look from very, very far away, yes, that's what's going to happen. But when you get up close into the knit and grit, you're making these twists and turns. So it all comes back to you and you deciding like I'm the commander of this ship. And yes, God factors into this. For those of you who are in that, he totally does. For me, I wake up every morning. I always ask him what my assignment is. I do. And he will either tell me immediately what it is, or he will put a teacher somehow in my path that shows me the direction. 
It never fails. And a good teacher never tells you everything. They merely tell you the direction to look. Right? We got to let you get in there and get your hands dirty and sometimes get your ass kicked. <laughs> right? A, a good coach, good teacher does that. It, you know, lets you, like, we can tell you stuff all damn day, but you got to have that experience and you have to learn how to actually manage it yourself and take that leadership role. But it starts out with you being very, very clear on what it is that you want. Because that, when you focus on that, that's going to put you in that adrenaline fight or flight stage, but for the long term. And now, now you do get focus on the long term and it, it keeps the, the peripheral riffraff out of becoming a distraction for you. I want that rather than, oh, I see these things in the short term and uh, what, oh my God, I keep on spinning out of control here. You know what I'm saying? Like you've got to decide what it is that you want and you commit to that. And that's a practice like that becomes a habit for you. Does that make sense? And it can be hard today. It's hard today because we're used to getting immediate gratification. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right? You want to listen to a podcast, you just push a button on your phone. <laughs> like, ta-da! <laughs> and there she is. You want to get a pizza, you push a button on your phone. You want to get an Uber ride or Lyft, push a button. Like, it's everything you want to get likes on social media. Like, everything is so immediate that oftentimes you have to groom yourself into that habit of long-term. Long-term long term but be able to run your 24 with a sense of expediency and organization and and urgency i know it's like bipolar but that's how it is so takeaway point for today okay do not confuse a sidestep with a backstep all right you are always in the driver's seat i guess the takeaway is this navigation starts with the end destination Okay, so focus, decide what it is that you want. Decide what it is. <clears throat> Do that visualization process and then you've got to step out of it and work your plan backwards. What do I have to do in order to get there? Okay, let's get out there. Let's make it a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.